When we think about the popularity of the keto diet, there are pros and cons to it. The good news is that a lot of people are discovering the amazing benefits of keto when you do it the right way. The problem is that most people who do keto are eating inflammatory foods that are actually causing problems down the line. I'm gonna outline five hidden keto-friendly foods that are causing massive amounts of inflammation and healthier swaps for each of them. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I'm excited to be with you today to share this life-changing video. When we think about keto, technically, it's not even a diet. It's a metabolic process, and there's nothing new about this metabolic process called ketosis. It's been around for as long as humans have existed. And I've taken thousands of people through a keto protocol, and I've noticed that there are five specific foods that disrupt their results, that cause issues, that make them believe that keto is not useful. I'm gonna outline those five, but first things first, when we think about keto, it's our natural birthright, our primal birthright to burn fat. Babies that are born into this world are actually in ketosis as long as they're breastfed. And you might ask the question, how could that be? And why is that so? Well, there's saturated fat cholesterol in breast milk. And yeah, there's sugar, but that baby is so efficient at burning that glucose, it goes in and out of ketosis. Why? Because the neurological development of that baby's brain is very important and the brain loves fat. The brain loves ketones. One of my favorite quotes when it comes to ketosis came from Henderson in 2008. He said, throughout much of human evolution, ketosis likely served as a valuable survival mechanism to fuel brain metabolism during times of food scarcity. Hence, in some ways, the modern diet can be considered keto deficient. Ain't that the truth? So with that being said, now that we understand ketosis is a normal metabolic process, let's talk about these five inflammatory keto foods. Make sure you have a pen and paper and write these down. Number five, by the way, is probably the most important one to make sure you avoid. The first food is going to be pasteurized cow dairy. That is cow milk, cow cheese, and I know cow milk and cow cheese taste delicious, but here's the thing. This study came out looking at the world population and they estimate that 75% of the population around the world cannot process cow dairy efficiently, creating some sort of inflammatory response. Whether you feel that right away or in 10 days or 20 days, it's gonna be the case for 75% of the population and that could be you. So what I teach my Keto Cab Academy students is to remove pasteurized cow dairy. Now, if it's raw, organic, grass-fed cow dairy, that should be okay, but it's kind of hard to find that source. So what I tell my students to do is actually switch over to sheep and goat dairy. You know, the cool thing about sheep and goat dairy is that 30% 
of sheep and goat dairy contains medium-chain triglycerides. And why is that important? Well, medium-chain triglycerides are able to bypass digestion and teach your mitochondria and your cells to use ketones. It actually can help you produce more ketones. And you digest it better than cow dairy, and it tastes pretty good as well. So doing that little simple swap right there, just swapping over pasteurized cow dairy with sheep and goat dairy, you're gonna notice more ketones, more fat burning, and less inflammation. I'd say that's a win-win. The second thing to avoid on keto is actually a supplement. And this is a supplement that has been touted as being anti-inflammatory, great for the brain, great for the body, but I'm here to tell you it is the exact opposite. And that's gonna be fish oil. Hear me out. I'm not talking about eating the fish. I am totally for that. I'm referring to fish oil supplements. Here's some crazy research for you. It's estimated that 83% of all fish oil supplements is already rancid on the shelf before you even consume it. Yikes. And even if it's a high quality brand that processes the fish oil the right way, there are still a lot of problems with that. I'm gonna share some research that's gonna blow your mind. Well, number one, when we think about fish oil, it needs to be at very cold temperatures. The human body, is not cold temperature. We are warm, 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So when that fish oil enters the body, it mixes with your warm body temperature, it mixes with your stomach acid, and it turns that into an inflammatory oxidative fat. Not to mention this, according to the NIH, the average adult male requires about 7.2 milligrams of EPA and DHA on a daily basis, and yes, EPA and DHA is very important for the brain. But 7.2 milligrams is not that much. And the average fish oil capsule contains 1,000 milligrams. That's a gram. And people are taking two, three, four capsules? Are you kidding me? That's a super physiological overdose of omega-3, and that is not good. This study called the Iowa Screening Experiment, which I got from a great book called The PEO Solution by MIT researcher Brian Peskin, showed that fish oil created months of cellular inflammation. Check this out. 21st century warning, four and a half months to rid the patients of damaging fish oil excess. It took 18 weeks to reverse the negative effect of the incorporation of EPA and DHA from fish oil in the cell membrane. What happens when you take too much fish oil, it creates a membrane that is too fluid. And we don't want a membrane that's too rigid or a membrane that's too fluid. We want the proper amount of flexibility so nutrients and hormones and oxygen could get into the cell and toxins could flow out. When you are taking too much fish oil, it creates too much of this fluid membrane, not just the cell membrane, but also the mitochondrial membrane. And it forces out a part of the mitochondrial membrane called cardio lipin. This is a very important lipid raft responsible for a lot of processes in your body. And when you take too much fish oil, it forces cardiolipin out of the cell. That is not good. There was also a study from the Cochrane Collaboration. Now, what I love about Cochrane Collaboration is that they compile all the best studies on a specific topic. For example, fish oil, and they you know keep the ones that are really well done, they throw out the ones that were poorly done, and then they let you know if they think there's a benefit or not to this topic. So they did this on fish oil, and I'll put a reference down below, but look at what they said. Look at what they found. The Cochrane researchers found that increasing long chain omega-3 provides little, if any, benefit on most outcomes they looked at. 
They found high certainty evidence that long-chain omega-3 fats had little or no meaningful effect on the risk of death from any cause. There are thousands of studies on fish oil. Some show positive effects, some sh show negative effects. That means it doesn't work. For example, if they plan to build 100 buildings in beautiful downtown Miami where I live, and after 20 years, 50 of those buildings collapsed, is that a success? No, that's a failure. And fish oil is very similar. It does not work. So here are the most common symptoms I've seen with people taking fish oil. Hopefully you're not dealing with this, but nosebleeds, inflammation, brain fog, and even weight loss resistance. So what is the solution? As I mentioned, I am for eating the fish. It's when they extract it that makes it problematic. Fish oil is essentially antifreeze for a fish. So eat wild caught salmon. The smaller the fish, the better. Eat the fish once or twice a week. That'll get you enough EPA and DHA. Now I personally supplement with a plant-based omega called Pureform, which has high quality plant-based omegas that give your body the derivatives, the building blocks, for your body to produce its own fish oil, essentially, its own EPA and DHA. And I'll put a link down below with a coupon code for them. But the goal is to avoid inflammatory fish oil on keto or any diet for that matter. The third inflammatory keto food is going to be spinach and almonds. I know, don't shoot the messenger, let me explain. Spinach and almonds are higher in anti-nutrients, especially the anti-nutrient called oxalates. You may or may not have heard of anti-nutrients, Chances are you have if you're doing carnivore because that's the goal to avoid them. But anti-nutrients are chemicals found in plants that keep your body from absorbing essential nutrients from food. Oxalates are one of the worst ones out there. It's an anti-nutrient, which means it could bind to certain minerals and chelate those minerals and prevent your body from absorbing them. They're tiny little crystals and they're loaded in spinach and almonds. And a lot of keto products contain almond flour, almond products, and even spinach. And for a lot of people, most people I would say, that's gonna be problematic. The majority of the population has a condition called leaky gut, also known as intestinal permeability. And when you consume oxalates, like spinach and almonds, with leaky gut in place, present leaky gut, these tiny crystals that I just showed you can poke holes in that intestinal lining, and what happens is not good. Food particles go undigested, enter the bloodstream, and your immune system has to deal with that. So it deals with that food particle. And if this happens over time chronically, the immune system goes on overdrive and it leads to autoimmune disease. For example, if it starts attacking your thyroid gland, the immune system, that turns into hypothyroid disease. If it attacks your pancreas, it could turn into type one diabetes. Now your genetics will determine where that immune system attacks and what manifests as a result. And it stems from the gut dysbiosis. So what I tell my Keto Camp Academy students and what I'm gonna recommend to you today is to get rid of the spinach, get rid of the almonds and consume instead of spinach, arugula, dandelion greens, bok choy, broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Yeah, there's still some anti-nutrients in those. So you might wanna consider that, but they don't have as many oxalates as the spinach and you could steam these veggies and saute them and pour out the water and the oil to help break down those oxalates and you could also sprout nuts and seeds to help break them down as well so keep that in mind now as a replacement for almonds what i would recommend is peely nuts which is the world's highest fat lowest carb nut in the world i would also recommend macadamia nuts those are my personal favorite pecans and walnuts make that swap and you're going to notice a difference 
in less than 24 hours. I have two more tips for you here before I get to the fourth and fifth tip and the fifth one's gonna blow your mind. I've noticed a lot of people have issues with caffeine, especially caffeine in coffee. Now, don't get me wrong. I love myself a cup of quality coffee, but the truth is I've seen so many of my Keto Camp Academy students have a glucose spike from caffeine, knocking them out of fasting or creating some digestive issues, bloating, and most commonly, jitters and irritability. We know excessive caffeine and caffeine sensitivity can cause adrenal problems, which has a lot of negative effects. It makes you more dependent on the caffeine and it puts you in this sympathetic fight or flight state. And for a lot of people, that is problematic. Everyday dose solves the problem of regular coffee while drastically building on its benefits with added supplements. What I love about Everyday Dose, it's low acidity, cold extracted coffee, and a micro dose of caffeine blended with collagen protein, functional mushrooms, and nootropics, which will improve your focus, your energy, and your immunity. I just feel different in a really good way when I have Everyday Dose versus regular coffee. And I want you to experience the same. So if you want to check out Everyday Dose, head over to everydaydose.com slash Ben and use the coupon code KETOCAMP. You're going to get an extra five on the go dose travel pack to take with you anywhere you go. I take these travel packs with me and it is a game changer because when I'm traveling, it's hard to find, first of all, a clean cup of coffee, but almost impossible to find coffee with these functional ingredients. So head over to everydaydose.com slash ketocamp. Use ketocamp to get your bonus gift or click the link in the podcast notes down below. The fourth keto food to avoid are artificial sweeteners found in a lot of keto products. These are gonna be aspartame, sucralose, asulsifame, potassium, and saccharin. There is a lot of controversy over these artificial sweeteners, but allow me to share some research for you. This is a human study looking at the pharmacokinetics of uh, sucralose, Splenda. Pharmacokinetics means how a specific substance moves through your body. And at the end of the study, when they looked at, they were tracking sucralose through the body, they could only count for 96.7%. Meaning this, 3.3% of the Splenda was untraceable. Where the heck did it go? Was it turning into an unusual metabolite or was it bioaccumulating somewhere in the body? Those are questions we don't have answers to and I don't like that. There was another study on 17 obese women looking at sucralose and to see if it increased glucose and insulin in these individuals and it showed for some of the participants in the study following a oral glucose tolerance test, it did raise glucose and insulin. For others, it did not. So it's gonna be variable depending on the person. This study came out from Nature in 2014 and they wanted to examine the different effects of artificial sweeteners on mice and their gut microbiome. And here's what it said. Worryingly, all of the mice that were fed the artificial sweeteners quickly developed glucose intolerance, a harbinger of diabetes, obesity, and metabolic disease. Yikes. There are other studies that I'll reference down below that shows cooking with Splenda is dangerous and inflammatory. Splenda may cause weight gain and Splenda affects your gut bacteria. So what do we swap those for? Healthier sweeteners. That's gonna be pure stevia, pure monk fruit, and xylitol and erythritol. Those are two sugar alcohols. Those are gonna be much better. But even with those, I wouldn't consume them every day. Moderation with those sweeteners is key. The final inflammatory keto food, we made it here, I'm grateful that we made it here because this is the most important one, are actually a set of eight different 
oils. They're called vegetable oils, but allow me to explain this. I recently interviewed Dr. Kate Shanahan. She's a medical doctor, and she was the nutritionist for the Los Angeles Lakers when Kobe Bryant used to play. She's Kobe Bryant's former nutritionist, and she's incredible. She wrote a great book called Deep Nutrition, Go Get It. I said, Dr. Kate, what is worse for your health? What's gonna cause more inflammation, more heart disease, more cancer, more weight loss resistance from these three scenarios? Scenario number one, smoking cigarettes every single day. Scenario number two, eating sugar every day. And scenario number three, eating vegetable oils. What was her answer? Three vices. I'm gonna smoke cigarettes each day, option one. I'm going to eat sugar, uh, high amounts of processed sugar each day, option two, or I'm going to eat vegetable oils each day. Which option is worse? Eating the vegetable oil each day. That was easy. You don't build your body out of parts that you inhale. From, with cigarette smoke, it's the toxicity uh, begins and ends with the, the, the beginning and end of your cigarette. Mm. With vegetable oils or say a French fry, there's toxins in the French fry, but then there's also unoxidized polyunsaturated fatty acids that are going to end up in your body fat. Mm. And that's where we get to a whole other layer of metabolic impacts that, that go beyond just the direct toxic effects and start to uh, get into what I, we touched on earlier with, well, what does it mean when your body fat is full of stuff that your mitochondria can't use for energy? So, so that's why it's worse than cigarettes. And it's worse than sugar too, because you know sugar is empty calories, but empty calories build body fat. Sugar turns into normal body fat, normal body fat that humans have carried around for a long time. What do I mean by that? What's normal body fat? I mean, the fatty acids are monounsaturated and saturated mostly. Mm. That is supposed to be the, what we have in our body fat. But when we eat PUFAs, they end up in our body fat as PUFAs. Mm. And so these days, instead of just like a 5% PUFA in our body fat, many people are walking around with 40%. And that's where they get into this other layer of metabolic problems that, you know, has to do with diabetes and all these tragic, terrible diseases, cancer, Alzheimer's and so on. That is super interesting. I did not know that about sugar turning into saturated and monounsaturated fat. What about um, high fructose corn syrup? Does it also turn into that or is that something yeah. different? Same thing. I mean, yeah. table sugar and high fructose corn syrup are almost identical molecularly because high fructose corn syrup is just higher fructose than mm -hmm. regular. And so, but it's a combination of sucrose and fructose, just like table sugar is a combination of sucrose and fructose. So, and when you break it down, you know, it's the same. Like once your body, your body can't tell whether a molecule of fructose came from a banana or from high fructose corn syrup. It's identical. So it's really when it comes with sugar, it's like the total amount, right? So yeah. I, I don't advocate, oh, you can get all the sugar you want as long as it comes from fruit. No. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. If you've ever watched that video on YouTube, how canola oil is made, you can see why these are problematic. So canola oil is one of those bad fats. I'll give you a whole list and then healthier swaps in a second. But let me just give you some more research and explain why they're so inflammatory. When we study the chemical structure of these fats, these cooking oils called PUFAs. PUFAs stand for polyunsaturated fatty acids. So think of that word poly as meaning many. And the reason it's called poly is because it contains many double bonds that are closely located to each other. And the significance of that is that it attracts oxygen at an aggressive rate. 
because of the double bonds. And the more oxygen it attracts, the more oxidative it is. And I want you to think of me biting into an apple, leaving the apple on the counter, coming back five hours later, and I look at the apple again, it'll turn brown, it'll rust, it's oxidating, it's oxidative. That's similar to what these oils are doing to your cells. Take a look at these studies. This study showed that persistent oxidative stress, often involving enhanced peroxidation of PUFAs in the cell membrane, are known to enhance the development of malignant diseases. Thus, the carcinogenic process could be initiated and or accelerated by lipid peroxidation-induced DNA and protein damage. Another article, another study showed that linoleic acid, which is the PUFA that we're talking about here, increase endothelial dysfunction and inflammatory marker expression. It also asserts that diabetics have more linoleic acid in their LDL particles than non-diabetics. And lastly, this study showed that corn oil induces changes to cardiac fatty acids and causes early diastolic dysfunction without altering systolic function. Yikes. So here are the hateful eight that we want to avoid. Corn oil, cottonseed oil, canola oil. Now, canola oil is called rapeseed oil in the UK, so keep that in mind. Then we have sunflower oil, safflower oil, and soybean oil. Two more are going to be grapeseed oil and rice bran oil. Avoid those. They are so inflammatory and they're everywhere. We want to swap them for healthy saturated and healthy monounsaturated fats that actually lower inflammation, help you burn fat, and help you feel down good. These are going to be real olive oil, real avocado oil, grass-fed butter, grass-fed ghee, duck fat, and beef tallow. So make that swap right there and you're going to notice a difference right away. You know, these, you know, you just learned from Dr. Kate that these bad fats, these oils stick around in your body fat for a very, very long time. It's estimated that it takes about two years to remove half of them from your body fat. Yikes. When you go to a restaurant, chances are there's a high probability they're going to be cooking with these inflammatory fats. So what can you do? I have a gift for you. I developed a vegetable oil, a seed oil allergy card where you just show the waiter this card and it shows that you are allergic to those bad oils I mentioned. And on the bottom here, it shows the healthier alternatives. It says you'll have an allergic reaction if you consume those bad oils. Please make the swap and it works like a charm. You can get this for free if you go to seedoilcard.com or click the link down below. Download it, you'll get a PDF download for free, and then save it as an image on your phone, show that to your server, and boom, they're gonna make sure you don't get those inflammatory oils in the restaurant food. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that. If you wanna watch the video version of today's episode, you could go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash ketocamp. Leave the show a rating and review. Share it with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.